0: Welcome back to Q Assaults. We do this every Saturday where y'all can come in this live stream, which is private. Only for the big dog members. And assault me with any questions you may have. They could be football related. They could be fantasy football related. They could be anything related. It just has to be in the family. It just needs to be related to something somewhere. I'll try my best to answer it for you. All right. The only way to get into this live stream, the only way to become a big dog member is to head over to bdge.co, bdge.co, and become a big dog member. Very easy, very self-explanatory. Once you get onto the website, it's fresh, it's clean, it's new, it is beautiful. You'll also see on the top menu uh, the Q and assault button, which I will throw up on the screen right now for you. This is what the website looks like. Uh, don't worry about that yellow bar. That's just for the questions questions. In the actual live stream itself, when you're on the website, we've got our weekly rankings. We've got our waiver wire rankings. We've got Q and Assault. Oh, JL, the cron job, the cron job. As you can see, it'll update uh, to let you know when I am live. And obviously right now we are live. So we are yelling. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, Kelsey? How we doing? Let me set you up in here. Beautiful. Just like it's creator. You mean me? Thank you. It worked. It worked. Good job, JL. Congrats. You're beautiful. All right, who's in here? Who's in here and who's got questions for me? How are we doing on this beautiful Saturday? I'm out here watching Colorado get the ass whooped. Girl. What up, Jacob? Let me put the comments over here. Alex, Anna, happy Saturday. Sure, whatever. Sorry, I didn't mean that. I don't know why I did that. And you guys follow uh, Babita, Babita Tailgate on TikTok. They're coming into the office in like an hour, I think. Purdy or CJ, half PPR. Uh, You know, you don't. Don't take this the wrong way, you know. I I mean this with all sincerity. Uh just cuz we're all trying to learn and get better all the time, right? The scoring settings don't really matter for QBs, right? Like half PPR versus full PPR versus standard. None of that really matters. Um just uh, you know, just sorry. I'm I'm being a dick. But I don't mean to. I'm just I'm just saying going forward. Okay, so we have Brock Purdy, who is going up against the Arizona Cardinals. They are massive favorites in that one. I think they're two touchdown favorites, like 14-point favorites uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, which means they are supposed to be scoring, what, what is that, 29 minus 14 is 15. Put the over-under at 43.5. Yep, so they are uh, projected to score 29 points in this one. CJ, I'm assuming you're referring to CJ Stroud. That would make sense. The Texans face off against the, who do they play this week? They play the Steelers. So I'm I'm looking at this uh in a few different ways. We look at the matchups, right? Like Purdy against the Cardinals seems really, really good. Cardinals are um they're playing with a lot of heart, right? They're they're a good team, but they are still allowing a lot of points to opposing quarterbacks just because their offense isn't great. They don't stay on the field very long. They allow the eighth most points to fantasy quarterbacks against them. Pittsburgh allows the nineteenth most, and a lot of that has to do with pressure. Now, where I think this game gets a little bit sloppy for Houston is the fact that they are down so many offensive linemen, right? And this has already become a pretty popular narrative here where um, they are without like four of their five starting offensive linemen. So the pressure is going to be significant from T.J. Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We haven't really seen Stroud operate under too much pressure thus far up to this point in the season, uh, which is probably why he looks so fantastic, I'm going to lean with Brock Purdy here. I like Purdy uh, as like a stable piece of of this offense in your fantasy team. Your Earl. Nikki Cookie full PPR, who should I start up my second flex, DJ Moore or Roshan Johnson? Am I crazy for wanting to start Anthony Richardson over Burrow? I also have Chase. No, I don't. Well, let's let's start Actually, we'll start with DJ Moore. Uh, we're definitely going DJ Moore over Roshon Johnson. Roshon Johnson has not shown any sort of, like, touchdown upside. Their running game has shown no sort of success either. And Denver's obviously a team that you can throw the ball against. They got fucking tossed up by the Miami Dolphins. They're allowing the second-most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They are allowing the um, – they're a little bit better against wide receivers, actually, but they're still, like, middle of the pack. Actually, I lied. No, they're sixth-most fantasy points allowed to the – wide receiver on the year. And D.J. Moore has been sneaky, like one consistent piece of this passing offense, despite Justin Fields being really shitty um, statistically and, and just a real quarterback. Uh, D.J. Moore has been pretty good, where Roshan really hasn't shown anything. So Anthony Richardson versus Joe Burrow. I I would start Anthony Richardson there. Uh, the Joe Burrow calf thing is going to plague him a bit throughout the entire month of the rest of September, as well as probably uh, significantly into um significantly into October. Uh they're two and a half point favorites. They're on the road though, 41 point over-under, not expecting a very high scoring game. So I think they're expecting what, 22, 21 points, 21 to 19 ish, gets you around that over-under. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super high on um on Joe Burrow, despite going against a really, really soft pass defense in, in Tennessee. I could see the team struggling. They'll probably try to establish the run there a little bit. And they're not going to have success because it's Tennessee and it's also Joe Mixon. So, (sighs) click. You can't have it both ways. You constantly yell at people for not including scoring settings, and now you're saying you don't need them for quarterback. Well, I need them. I need them if if that's a fair point, but also not a fair point at all. I need them if the quarterback scoring settings are different than normal, like if it's four point per passing touchdown versus six point per passing touchdown. A half PPR doesn't matter with quarterbacks because quarterbacks aren't catching passes unless your name is Desmond Ritter and you're fucking throwing the ball to yourself because you can't throw it far enough to anybody else on the field. Start sit from Mr. Alex. I hate that I have to keep adjusting the size of these depending on how big the question is. You know what? We're going to go. We're going to transport back to when Twitter started. When Twitter started, it was how many characters was the max? Was it 70? they're at 140 no they're at 140 then it went to 280 but was it something before 140 i'm gonna say 22 characters max starts it javante at chicago or josh palmer versus las vegas those are pretty good um see like here is a good example of when i would like to know the scoring settings full ppr versus half ppr versus standard that kind of thing um I actually think I'd be okay going back to Javante Williams here. He's not a guy that I've been, like, high on to start in most scenarios. Um, but, again, going against Chicago, Chicago's allowed the second most fantasy points on the year to, um, to opposing running backs. They were allowing 34.7 fantasy points per game, per game to opposing running backs. They're allowing a shitload of rushing touchdowns. I think Javante could absolutely – uh, get in on this one. They're allowing a receiving touchdown per game. I, uh, I'm i okay with Javante Williams here for sure. If it's like full PPR, I would think about Josh Palmer, but I, I, I kind of want to see what the split between Quentin Johnson and Josh Palmer is now um, with Mike Williams out. Oh, the full PPR. Okay. Wait, do we just have the same question back-to-back? Oh, that's fire. I oh, know. You are the same person. Sheesh. Ralkin, 10-man. Full PPR trade analysis, giving Flowers and Amari Cooper, getting Devontae Adams, any thoughts? Uh, I'm going to assume that one of those guys is on your – I'm going to assume Zay Flowers is kind of on your bench. Uh, I, I, I would take Devontae Adams there. He is, like, clearly far and away the best player in this trade. I like Amari Cooper a lot. It's kind of hard to trust Deshaun Watson right now. You don't know what he's going to get on a week-to-week basis, especially if he's not playing against a team like the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Zay Flowers, while he's been awesome as well, this offense has not shown the ability to open it up. All they do is dink and dunk by the line of scrimmage. Um, whereas Devontae Adams has is fucking Devontae Adams. So um, I, I, I would take Devontae Adams there. Assuming you have like something reasonable behind them to throw in at wide receiver later. Pick one flex one wide receiver slot. Pick one flex one. Wait, what? Oh, pick one flex one wide receiver slot. Half PPR. We've got Ayuk, Addison, Tutu, and Tank Dell. Ooh, ooh, I like this question a lot. Uh, Ayuk is by far is for sure my number one. I love Ayuk. I think he's back to full health. I think he's, um, I think he's ready to go. I'm not. I'm not worried about Ayuk anymore in terms of the injury. They came out and said he's, you know, he's full practice. So Ayuk is, Ayuk is your alpha there. Then you have Jordan Addison again still running behind KJ Osborne. It's it's disappointing. They got a good matchup against the Panthers, so we can't we can't necessarily rule them out. I do like the um I do like 2 2. I like 2 2 in his matchup against the Colts because the Colts secondary is not a great one. They're currently allowing the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. They don't have good boundary they don't have good boundary cornerbacks. They've got shitty play there. They're really, really good at stopping the run, but they're not great against um, deep passes where Tutu will probably excel, and you have Houston and Tank Dell going against um, against the Steelers, and they actually struggle on the boundaries as well. Their team, they're a team; they're bottom five in terms of points allowed. It's like the Chargers, the Hawks, the Vikings, Titans, and then Steelers are next up by by um, by those metrics. So I I I'm gonna be honest; I, I kind of really like Tank Dell this week. I'm like really bought into him as as a staple in this offense. I like Robert Woods. I think Nico Collins is cool, too. And the reason that I said that, like, I wanted Brock Purdy over CJ Stroud because I think there was going to get a lot of pressure there. But I think Tank Dell can separate really quickly, and he'll be able to do that against the Steelers' really shitty coverage um, at the moment. I think you'll see some Joey Porter Jr. against Nico Collins. I think there will be some good routes for Tank. So I think it's close between Tutu and Tank Dell for me, but I'd go probably Ayuk and then Tank. But I wouldn't blame you for going to to over tank. Over tanky baby. The last collab y'all did with Bita was really good, by the way. Excited for another one. Yes, sir. They're pro- they might actually be in the office right now. He just asked me for the address. I don't know what we're doing today. I think they were just in town because they were going to the Sunday night football game for the Jets and then Monday night for the Giants tomorrow. Um... Officially, Saquon Barkley's listed as doubtful. It's not surprising. Also, can you just set my NYC draft line up for me this week? I have no clue what to do with my flex and super flex. All right, well, let's take a look at it. Am I playing against you? That'd be unfortunate. All right, so this is your lineup. Let me move these up a little bit. Fields, mixing, Connor, Watson, Ridley, Lamb, Kittle, Sanders, Puka. All right, who do you have on the bench that you would even consider going in? Okay, so Jacoby Myers kind of pops out as a guy to me that I would like in my lineup. Although you don't have a lot of room for error here. So you're starting Puka in your super flex. I guess in a full PPR, I don't I really can't blame you for starting him over Tannehill. I think I might actually do the same thing. Not a great spot to be in there, Anna. Not a great spot. Um, the only really the only thing I would even consider swapping here is throwing Jacoby Myers in over Miles Sanders. Sanders popped up as questionable very recently, didn't he? Groin didn't practice on Friday, is now questionable playing week four against the Minnesota Vikings. Sanders was downgraded at Friday's practice after he was limited on both Wednesday and Thursday. That makes me a little bit nervous. I don't know what his involvement is going to be in the game. Um, I also just don't think he's a very good running back. He's getting, like, a decent amount of targets. But as you can see, this is a full PPR league, and he's still, like, only ripping you 11, 7, 17 points there, basically because he scored a touchdown and a lot of shitty success on the ground. Uh, I I think I would actually go Jacoby Myers over over, uh, Miles Sanders at your flex. Because the Chargers just fucking donate points to uh, opposing wide receivers. They, they are allowing the single most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. They can't stop a goddamn thing on defense. Is Kareem Hunt worth holding any chance he takes over as their number one or just a handcuff? I, I'd be really surprised if he ends up taking over. I wouldn't. Um, I'd be okay holding on to him unless you need it. If you needed, like, you're like, I want to pick up a defensive stream or I'd rather have like this handcuff or something like that or, or you need like a wide receiver to start in your flex I'd be totally fine dropping cream hunt but I do think he'll be kind of like annoyingly involved throughout the rest of the year I don't know if it ever really gets to a point where he's um getting on the field enough that you feel comfortable throwing him into your fantasy lineups so if if I had to bet if I had to put like a percentage on him taking over as the one I would I would put that as like 10 10 to 15 percent so I'm I, I don't care much for for hunt at this point I'm going Olave, but with 49ers playing cards, we go IU instead. I have Purdy as quarterback for the stack. Ugh. Um, I I just can't really imagine a world where I'm sitting Olave. So you're choosing between Olave, what is this, like a two-wide receiver league where you can only start two? Like who, who else is in your flex and, and shit like that? Do I even need this yellow background? I feel like it's just doing more damage than anything else. You guys can still see these questions up here. Maybe yeah, I can put them down here, actually. Yeah, I mean, raw, straight up, I, w- I would probably just go with uh, Alave there, but you know, I'd love to find a way to get Ayuk into the lineup. Uh, what else? Here's another. Um, Let's check out the weather for the weekend to see if there's any games that are affected via weather. Roto-Grinders. Game in London. Oh, dude, the game tomorrow is going to be so fucking hype. We have so much riding on it. We got dealer No Deal, J-Mo Zerti doing his hot dog banana punishment. So many bets going on there. Game in London, the automated... Forecast below is a forecast for Jacksonville, so ignore what the weather at Wembley Stadium in London looks pretty solid. Mile temps, ten mile per hour winds, low chance of a shower, no issues. Minnesota at Carolina, winds around ten miles an hour, not impactful, but might actually end up being the highest winds of the week on a quiet. All right, so we got pretty much a a, a great weather weekend for fantasy football altogether. Um, so nothing really to worry about there. Good news, good news, peoples. What else we got? We got any other shit starts? We got any other questions we want to assault me with? Girl, I have Swift in my flex. I already had Saint Brown play and had Demont play. Also, oh, there you go. All right, well, you must be feeling pretty fucking good, regardless, because Saint Brown, Saint Brown scored a tugger, and then Demont scored about seventy tugs. So, right now, you got to be projected to to win for sure. I feel like the decision between Ayuk and um, the decision between Ayuk and Alave probably won't make or break your team. Oh, I just had an interesting trade offer come through. Interesting trade offer into Dynasty League <sighs> with Gut from Gutterstein. His first, what's his first gonna look like? How is he two and one? Why is he two and one right now? It's 2-1. Mm. I'll probably finish. It'll probably be at the 106, maybe 105. We've got fucking teams tanking left and right. Those are going to be shitty picks. Ugh. It's Jonathan Taylor and Kyler Murray. I'm giving those two away for CeeDee Lamb and his first next year. Which will likely be, once he gives CeeDee Lamb away, a top half of the first. Probably not top three, but... A little bit after that. It's full PPR. We start three wide receivers and two flexes. CeeDee Lamb is really valuable here. Obviously, it's super flex. Um, Is it full PPR or half PPR for running backs? It might be tiered. I think it's tiered. So Jonathan Taylor would get half PPR. Also, I don't know what his status is. Obviously, it's nice to have him back. The way I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor, I think, in... I mean, redraft then dynasty, I guess right now is like, I'm, ex- I'm totally expecting to have him back this year, but I'm kind of in my mind, like giving it a buffer period. Like, I don't know if I expect him to be, you know, workhorse Jonathan Taylor week five right away, like right off the rip unlikely. But I did think, um, I did, I do think
1: that.
0: We'll probably have him back, like, I don't know, full strength, hopefully, like, week six or seven. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor. Then i would be trading away Kyler Murray. When I drafted him in the startup, I was drafting him for the mindset of having him next year going forward because I have Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson as my QB one and two. So Kyler would actually be my three, inadvertently end up probably being my one once he's healthy next year. Um. So if I gave away Kyler and JT, they wouldn't be huge hits on my team this year, which is competing right now. I am 2-1 and one in fourth place. So my team's pretty good. Um, I also don't think I'd be... Like, I would be trading the future a little bit for the now, but I don't think I'd be losing in value either. Like, CD and a first is pretty good still. Hmm. Robert asks, you said I should look to trade for a quarterback with my bench options in the Discord. Any advice on who I should be looking to get? Yeah, that's a good question. Let me bring up your team real quick so the people that watch this stream afterwards will get some context behind it. So basically you have, um, if I can remember correctly, I'll just pull it, I'll wait to pull it up. I can't fucking see shit with the way Sleeper does this. So it's a super flex league. You have two as your QB one, so you're fine there. And then as your super flex, your QB two, you have a decision to be made between Howell and Bryce Young. So the rest of your lineup is really, really good. I mean, you have, well, at least on paper, you have Josh Jacobs and Zach Moss right now, but you also have JT on IR. So you have the Colts starting running back, which would probably be pretty valuable, regardless of which one of them is under center. You have Alan Ra, you have Jamar Chase, you got Puka. Uh, on your bench, you have ramondre Stevenson, Jerome Ford, Debo Samuel, and Josh Palmer. so you have a really, really stacked lineup outside of your q b two you could do this in a a total a, a bunch of ways because the beautiful thing about your lineup is there is no um let me actually i'm gonna download this and see if I can throw it up on the stream right now. give me a sec while I try to pull this up. There we go. All right, cool. Hopefully you guys can see that. So it's definitely like a little bit small, but I'm hoping. So the good thing about your lineup is you have a lot of flexibility. Like no matter what piece you get rid of, like the fall off to the next guy is really not that significant. Like even if you were to get rid of um, like a Josh Jacobs, the the fall off to Stevenson and might not even be a fall off or the fall off from, stevenson as your two or three to jerome ford is not that significant so depending on who um yeah i'm sorry if you guys are looking on the phone it's bad but i have like my screen on my monitor so i could see it it's the best i could do right now to be honest the way that sleeper pastes the teams um i i would i would throw a bunch of offers out there like i would i think one of the the cool ways about trading and sleepers that you can pretty much like take two guys that you'd be okay giving up like you could package um look for teams that are are behind the eight ball on running backs or wide receivers and either double down on those positions i don't know if i'd want to double down on giving away two of the same position just because you have really you have good depth on both so i'd see if you could do a one and one package even if it's something like i'm assuming this is half ppr by the way the points are projected Um, I would probably look to go like Debo and uh, drone Ford will probably have a bad game. So it might not be the best time to try to, um, get rid of it, but uh, Ramondre makes me a little bit nervous. He's probably someone I would, I would try to put into the package. Um, so maybe Ramondre and if Josh Palmer has a big game, um, I don't know if I love the idea of getting rid of Debo, but if you do, go like Ramondre and Debo. Those are two really, really solid options, so you should be able to move for a quarterback. I think you said that you tried to trade for... Who was it? I tried Ramondre or Ford with either of my backups for either Anthony Richardson or Jordan Love yesterday, but the guy wouldn't buy. Okay, so um, I honestly think it'd be okay going with a three-person package in order to upgrade significantly at the QB. So if you need to give away three skill player or two skill players plus a QB for an upgrade. Like redraft leagues are are a sprint. Like realistically, the deeper you get into the year, like you just want a fucking powerhouse starting lineup. Right. And I know that kind of goes against against conventional wisdom with like bye weeks but I'm telling you, you want a powerhouse starting lineup when the playoffs hit. So you could do something like maybe Ramondre and you might not be able to pull it off this week because you have a lot of tough matchups in your lineups. Like you might want to wait one more week when, um, Some of these players have better matchups, but something like Ramondre, Josh Palmer after a big game and maybe Sam Howell or Bryce Young or whatever for a huge upgrade at QB. Like, I don't know if those Jordan Love guys or uh, or Anthony Richardson are like close on that deal or not, but that's probably the tier I'd be looking at. Let me pull up sleeper and see what other guys are ranked like up there. I wonder if you can even grab like a Justin Fields, like straight up on a swap for one of those skill players. Like, would the Justin Fields owner deny a trade of uh, Ramondre and and Sam Howell or Ramondre and Bryce Young? I think that might be something to consider. But something else you could do is send a trade offer to, like, everyone in your league with something packaged like that where it's, like, uh, like you send them two players or even three players. And then also, like, follow up with a DM and say something like, uh, you know, Debo is... Uh, flexible with like if you want to swap Debo for Josh Palmer or you know no one obviously fucking do that but you get the point let them know that they could swap this player for any of these options as well and it gives them a little bit more flexibility and I think if you do that to all 11 other teams or nine other teams however big your league is you'll probably be able to get something from those guys I hope that was helpful sometimes I just start fucking yapping and they don't it doesn't make sense This is definitely basic, but you talk about game scripts a lot. How do you figure out what the game script is for a game? Do you research that somewhere? Do you, you just know based on the matchup? So uh, it, it, this is a good question, Anna. Game script basically refers to, like, whether or not you expect a team to be leading. And a lot of the times you can just go on. Uh, let me pull my screen up real quick for you. So, you can, you can kind of go on any website that has just, like, the game script. So, uh, on FanDuel.com, you can go to the sportsbook. And then go to NFL. And then the games will be here where it's, like, Atlanta plus three, Jacksonville minus three. What that means is that, like, Vegas expects – Vegas thinks Jacksonville is three points better than Atlanta, right? Um, Vegas thinks Minnesota is four and a half points better than Carolina. Vegas thinks – philadelphia is eight and a half points better than washington so it's basically like you look minus eight and a half means you look at the score at the end of the game and if philly won by more than eight and a half then you won your bet but if they won by less than eight and a half whoever bet on this side won so this is a big game script this is expecting philly to win by a lot which means the game script will be in, in their favor so they're up a lot right and teams that are typically up a lot they don't try to like pour points on they don't try to pass it they're not taking risks necessarily they want to milk the clock so if you're up by 10 points or 14 points in the in the second half your game script will end up being very run heavy because you don't go out of bounds typically you're always tackled inbounds and the clock keeps on ticking whereas in passing situations um, you're one likely to get sacked where on a run play, like the worst case scenario, obviously you can fumble the ball, but that could happen in any scenario, a run play, like your worst case scenario is usually what losing like two yards where passing it. If you're throwing an incomplete pass, that's going to stop the clock. If you throw the ball out of bounds, that stops the clock. Um, you know, you could obviously get sacked. You could throw an interception. There are a lot, a lot more bad options from an offensive standpoint. If you are passing the ball. Than running. So, passing inherently is way more upside, but way more risk. So, when you're winning by a lot, you don't necessarily need to take a risk. So, if Vegas tells you that they're expecting a team to win by a lot, that's what that means. Like the game script is in their favor. So, you talk about running backs typically get favored in that scenario. Pass catching running backs get a big downgrade. If your team is expected to win by a lot they're not throwing the ball to their running backs a lot they're just ground and pound ground and pound ground and po- pound you know three yards five yards three yards five yards things like that so san francisco looking at this and it's like it's not great game script for um iuk and debo and christian McCaffrey in the passing game or kittle i should say because christian McCaffrey will probably get a lot of carries whereas for the whole second half if arizona is projected to be down by a huge fucking number of points that means that they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, right? Because if you're you're down 28 points, what's the only way to really get back? Big chunk plays. That happens via the pass. So in a, in a game script like this, you might expect the quarterback, instead of throwing the ball 30 times, to throw the ball 45 times because the whole second half might just be pass attempts to try to score more, try to get back in the game kind of thing. So, you know, you might not even be a good player, but if, if the quarterback's going to throw the ball 45 times, the wide receivers inherently get way more targets as well. So if you're expected to lose by a lot, then the game script is not in your favor. So I hope that kind of makes sense. Stevenson and Godwin is let down this year. I'm thinking 2-2 for my flex half PPR. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be completely honest with that. I'm completely fine with that. I think um, Godwin like, hasn't shown anything that makes me excited about him, especially not in half PPR. He doesn't score any touchdowns. It's all Mike Evans and Stevenson kind of the same thing. So, I up a lot of work to Ramondra uh to Zeke. I and then they play the Dallas Cowboys this week. Although I Dallas Cowboys run defense isn't anywhere near as good as their pass defense. Um, but they're still very fucking good. So it's not a great matchup for him whatsoever. So yeah, I I'd be fine with two two there. That's probably what I would do as well. Garen, and it got some bad luck at the RB position, but loaded at wide receiver. You love to hear it. Um I have Tyreek, Amon-Ra, Ridley, Dobbs, and Zay Flowers, Charbonnet, and Pierce at the RB spot. Who do I go get? That's a great question. Um I uh, Garen, give me a, a little more context on like the league type. Um one is it full PPR and two how many wide receivers can you start? How many of those guys, you have one, two, you have, you basically have four guys. The first four guys you named, Tyreek, Amon, Ra, Puka, Ridley, that I want to make sure that I have in my lineup every week, no doubt about it. Do you play three wide receivers with two flexes? Do you start two wide receivers with one flex? Give me a, give me a little bit more context before I answer this question. You're welcome, Anna. Girl. Full PPR. We start two wide receivers and one flex. Okay, so you can only get three of these guys in at any given point, which means I would, I still want to keep those. I want to have at least one extra guy behind the number of starters I have to feel really good about bye weeks, injuries going forward, that kind of thing. So we're okay getting rid of. I mean, I like Dobbs a lot, like Zay Flowers. Um, I would be fine. Going with the two-for-one, even if it's getting rid of Pierce and someone else. um, And one of the wide receivers to upgrade to, like, uh, let me pull up the sleeper stuff. I would uh, maybe target someone like Josh Jacobs right now. Maybe target uh, Travis Etienne Maybe target It's full PPR so James Cook is not even that bad I wonder if you can package Pierce and Dobbs for James Cook Or Since it's full PPR I do want to keep all those dudes Zay Flowers is kind of cool too Maybe wait for a, uh, a Zay Flowers game And try to package Flowers with Pierce Those would be my thinking That second row that This line right here Are the guys that I'm looking to move the top four guys you named are guys I want to keep because I'm not trying to trade away good fantasy football players. Um, but I would like to keep Dobbs and Zay Flowers. So I wouldn't like I, I wouldn't move just for the sake of moving if you can't find anything. Like I wouldn't lose value in a trade just because I feel like the top part of your team is good enough to kind of carry you. But I I would try to package like a Pierce and Zay Flowers or a Pearson Dobbs after good games for dudes like Jacobs or see if you could get ETN. I'd be okay going all the way down to James Cook, maybe Aaron Jones after a bad week, he'll get more and more healthy, not worried about him. Um That's that's probably maybe DeAndre Swift if the owner doesn't really like super believe in him. It's probably the drop off there cuz I think once you get lower than that, once you're talking about like I don't know, even if it's like Pacheco, I don't think the gap between like Pacheco and Pierce is really like worth adding a second piece onto. Should Kamara be benched for one of Roshan, Palmer, and a half PPR league at flex or just roll the dice on Kamara against Tampa, rolling Lamb Waddle, wide receiver, Moser Henry, a running back. Yeah, I mean, definitely not for Roshan. I, I I can understand why you might consider Joshua Palmer, but I'm I'm gonna let uh Kamara rip there because I don't think either of those options are uh sexy enough for me to open the wallet there. 12 team, full PPR. Selheim, James Conner. Could he be legit top fifteen back rest of the year? Who would you target if you do trade him? Um, I mean, he's playing so fucking well. Every year he does this, man. Every year I'm like, I want no part of James Conner, and then every year he makes makes me want a part of him. Um, he's just doing exactly what he does every year, you know, 15-plus touches every single game. Scoring on the goal line, which is, like, something I I don't really trust the Arizona Cardinals to continue doing, but, like, maybe I'm being stupid here. It, I, here's the thing with Conner is, like, I, I don't know if I necessarily try to sell high. Um, if you can get something really good in return where it's like a fair trade, I, I, I'd be okay moving him for a wide receiver straight up. James Conner's scoring a lot of points, but I, I, I think everybody's probably of the mindset that, like, oh, James Conner, this is kind of fluky. He's the Arizona Cardinals. So if you could flip him for, you know, like a Keenan Allen or a even like a, you know, Chris Alave, Devontae Smith, uh, Calvin Ridley is someone I'd be looking to do that with. J- Jalen Wilde could be a really good, like, buy low target right now. Iuke, i would do it for um so those guys i, I would send out offers for all of those guys i'd be super fine with it but if people are going to come back to you with like jordan addison or like uh, christian kirk or like courtin sutton i'm not i'm not like doing it just for the sake of doing it so go for those top end ppr wide receivers if not let them sit let them let them keep racking up those 12 to 15 points for you honestly i'd be happy you drafted them right y'all um I think I hear the people's in the office right now so I'm probably gonna dip oh Jacob had one more question I'll answer Jacob's question and then that will be the rest of it but you guys are in here that means you're big dog members and you could always hit us up in the discord we are trying to answer as many questions in there as well uh but again if you are not a member and you're watching this live stream afterwards the only way to get in the live stream your personal questions answered is to go to bdge.co is to become a member and every single Saturday, we will be hosting these Q and assault live streams. Jacob, what's your thought on Calvin Ridley this year? Week one, just a tease. I got a lot of him this year, and it's been a letdown. Yeah, I mean, it's been a tough week two and three. Um, What I will say, though, is Jacksonville, I mean, this is probably a knock on Ridley, I guess. But I, I like to think that those drops are non-characteristic of him. Uh, everyone's kind of like clowning Trevor Lawrence right now. Trevor Lawrence has the second highest graded. He is the second-highest graded quarterback, according to PFF, this year. Like, there's been a lot of drops. There's been a lot of bullshit going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but T-Law is just fine. I'm not worried about the offense whatsoever. In terms of passing grades, it goes Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes. They're going to write this ship. I just hope to fucking God it's not against the Falcons. The Jaguars are going to drop a bomb soon. They're going to drop like a 40-fucking-burger real soon. And I'm praying to God it's not in London. I'm praying to God we don't get embarrassed on an international scale. On an international stage, we just don't deserve that. We don't deserve it. It's probably coming, but we don't fucking deserve it. Last question. Full PPR. Kamara, most certain this week, and Puka, AJ, Ridley, pick two. Oof. Uh, definitely Puka. AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley. Ah. Ah. Um, who do the Eagles play Washington, I believe, right? Eagles play... Washington Uh, Washington's been not great against wide receivers and the um, Falcons have actually been pretty damn good against wide receivers because AJ Terrell is their one is really good he'll probably go up against Ridley who will get more coverage because Zay Jones is out I think I'd go the first two there I go Puka and AJ and then Kamara Mostert I'm gonna go back to Mostert man I just like could be wrong on this one but I, I just don't see a world where I'm like sitting Raheem Mostert the number one fantasy running back on the planet right now Okay, so it's Moser, it's Puka, it's AJ. Good luck to everybody in week four. Keep rolling. And I'll see y'all on next week's Q and Assaults, as well as Monday's live stream, game-by-game recap. Love you. Goodbye.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.